0: Hey everyone, thanks for uh, joining. Today I am speaking with Karam Basim. Karam used to be a translator for Ideas Beyond Borders, now he's a musician. Um, and he actually had a good piece out that I'll put the link down to. It was about heavy metal and uh, his band. So hi Karam, thank you for coming on. Hello, thanks uh, for having me. Um, so yeah, like I just wanted to start off with a couple of things. Like, so, That one article you wrote about heavy metal music. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, on my end, it was my family moved to Canada when I was six. We moved here from India. And the first piece of music I ever owned, um, this was in the 70s, so yeah, whatever, was on Mm -hmm. eight track. I owned Welcome to My Nightmare by Alice Cooper. (laughs) So it's like
1: that's old school.
0: Yeah so you know, like the, the metal thing there kind of resonated with me as well like you know I, I and I, you know, for me it was like the old school metal like i i saw you know I, I so black sabbath with uh, dio
1: yeah um, they were just getting started back then yeah
0: so like you yeah, know i was uh, I, like it's a lot of the old school stuff but yeah i, I really like that article. so if we could start with that a little bit like how you got into that and like you know how that goes over in the middle east
1: well um Generally, I've been into metal music for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Um, I first started doing uh, covers for uh, for the songs I liked back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, in 2012, I joined my uh, first band officially. Uh, I'm still active until now. Late in uh, 2019 I joined the band which is which plays a, a very different uh sub-genre of metal um from european countries like Sweden, Finland, um, what they call the Gothenburg metal, because this is this this is where the style we play generated from originally. Uh the style is called melodic death metal. Um Actually, uh, metal in general in the Middle East uh, started to thrive um, almost about 10, 15 years ago. Uh, Many bands started uh, releasing songs and albums. Uh, It's different from one country to another because of the, um, let's say, the political system in each country and how this type of music uh, is generally dealt with in each country. Uh, somewhere it's seen as uh, a form of uh, Satanism, or it's just an acceptable, aggressive uh, way to express oneself. It's just not accepted at all. Um, like in Iraq, for example... Some bands formed uh, in the late 2000s, and but then they had to switch to like other genres. The same, like mean, I mean, the same musicians had to switch to other genres, or uh, at least just keep their music for um, online releases without uh, playing any uh, live shows anymore uh, because of the uh, security situation in the country.
0: Now you'd mentioned that, like you know, for country, to country but <clears throat> just out of curiosity, like the yeah. Satanism thing, that because I mean that was one of the big things in the yeah you know the U.S. and Canada and in the eighties and uh, the nineties, like with the Christian right. Oh, yeah. they're worshiping Satan. Yeah, it's, I know you know, the sign of the devil. Blah blah blah. So, I'm just wondering, like in places like it's in the, much you know, worse
1: here actually
0: obviously <laughs> you like yeah because <laughs> i mean you know uh, say what you want about the evangelical yeah. christians you know the salafi islam that comes out of saudi yeah, is I mean, a lot they, are, worse they definitely
1: like, uh, incomparable i mean wh- whatever whatever
0: the the
1: the evangelical christians used to do back then like like um mostly what they did was talking and trying to enforce their uh, beliefs onto certain groups of people or onto those bands or musicians but uh maybe i mean th- that was the maximum it could get but in the in the middle east and, and or in arab countries in general it can get much worse much much worse than that um it can get to the level of even getting death death threats or uh, getting jailed, like what happened recently with the band uh, from uh, with a death
0: metal band from uh, Iran. Yeah, yeah, I was going to mention that. I couldn't, I couldn't remember if it was Iran or Lebanon, but I remember there was a band yeah. that just recently got arrested. It was
1: it was from Iran, but then they they managed to flee from the country, and think I think they they are in Canada now or in. Uh, some European country
0: metal music out here. And then the same thing was with like the hardcore punk, or if you had um, like things like rage against the machine or things that, like, you know, like which mm. like more on the, like the rap side, like it was all angry, angry music. And it was a way for people, you know, to let out their frustrations and stuff. Like, is that why it kind of strikes a chord with people in the middle East? I mean, is it, is it that like? Is it the like the frustration with the youth? Because I mean, you know, you still see the like you know Iran still having protests. Yeah. You know, the the youth were leading a lot of the protests. So, is that what kind of resonates with with the people who like it, or like what? How did metal gain following out there?
1: The the let's say the musical themes are and the lyrical themes of metal in the Middle East are almost the same as. The lyrical themes in any other countries. I mean, metal in general is is a is a vast uh, space to express yourself. There's a lot of lyrical themes you could can talk about. As you as you mentioned, for like for example, bands like Rage Against the Machine, they talk about they have those uh, anti-establishment lyrical themes. They talk mainly mainly about politics, criticizing the politics in the the country, things like that. But uh, and that's definitely a part that was included with in the albums and the songs that were released in the in the Middle East by the by the bands. But it also um, included many other deeper themes in the in the, uh, in the in those albums and songs, like things that talk about existence, mythology, and. Uh, This was one of the uh, things that we included in our album as well as a band, Dead Tears. Um, We were trying to uh, use those themes, those dark uh, themes to deliver a message. Because the way I see it is those uh, dystopian looking... Uh, music videos that you see, or the those those lyrics that you read, usually in metal, I see them as an as a reflection of reality. They're not like the pop songs that you you usually the popular or the, the popular songs in general that you listen to or or see on the internet, where they are mostly happy or about uh, about love or relationships or like simple. Uh, things like that no i mean metal uh, does sound and look aggressive but it's just it's its way to express itself it's 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 the way of this music to show the real side of the world in a way to uh try to uh show that problem show the real problem that is that is going on many bands talk about um uh, environment-related issues, for example, climate change, uh, the clearing of uh, rainforest, as an example, and I and I've mentioned those in my articles as well, and I gave examples for them.
0: Like something you'd mentioned. Um, now, I spent close to thirteen years in um, like working as a contractor mm-hmm. with the military, so you know, and almost seven of those were in Afghanistan. So and that like I spent, I said between 2004 and 2014, like in that ten-year span, I was in Afghanistan for almost seven. So yeah, you know, like I saw a lot of the, the destruction yeah. from the war, then like you know, the the civil war <clears throat> before the Americans went in, everything. So, you know, when you were mentioning that, like, you know, you're kind of reflecting your reality, like like the dystopian stuff. So. I mean, if you don't mind, like, wh- wh- what was it like in Iraq? Like, I mean, if you're talking about, you know, a scene starting in 2012, yeah. you know, you still, I mean, you have like the the, the beginnings of ISIS around then, right? Like, yeah, actually, the uh, scene Hawaii in Iraq, Iraq started before I mean, that. There.
1: Like, uh, I, I said, I, I joined my first band yeah. in 2012, but the scene started before that. They were there was actually uh, okay. uh, rock and metal bands even before the the American invasion before 2003 and then
0: okay. uh,
1: in about 2006 seven uh, bands started to form few bands started to form. yeah so in Iraq it, but the, the in the he talked about the uh, t- uh, 2012 and then the beginning of ISIS, but also in 2006 and 2007 in Iraq, there was a civil war basically going on, especially in, in areas of uh, the middle and the south of Iraq. Between the uh, Shia and the Sunni sectors, people were, uh, were killing each other because of, the, because of their religious beliefs um there were there were militias everywhere Sunni militias and Shia, Shia militias um, killing people just by simply uh, looking at their ID to see which sect religious sect they follow and then they decide to either spare their life or kill them depending on what they read in that piece of paper there was this was the situation in Iraq back then and some of the bands uh, used this, to To be included in their uh, albums and lyrics, so it wasn't. It wasn't better than okay. ISIS back then.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, no. I like, look. I don't want to say it was, but I mean, I was. You know, it just like the yeah. the only reason I brought that up is because I mean, again, ISIS when yeah. in the areas they controlled, that you know they were going back to, you know the original yeah. laws basically yeah, like no exactly. music, no nothing. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. I like, I, like I said, I, you know, I saw what, and again, when I say I saw, I was on military bases. Yes, I did go out and I go, you know, I did tra- travel around Afghanistan and stuff, but you know, I'm yeah. not trying to make light of like any kind of war that was yeah. going on there. I know. I, I mean, I, I, wasn't there, yeah. but I followed some of the things. So I think I, I have a small understanding of, what some of that stuff was out there, but yeah, no, I mean, it's just cause like I've spoken to a couple of people about some of the situations out there. And this is like, not even so much as like getting into the war or anything like that, but like some of the attitudes are seeing from the West. Um, like one guy, uh, he was Jordanian. Uh, he's, he's in the, He's in the West now. I, I don't. I don't know exactly where, um, but I remember him giving a talk, and he was talking about that. Uh, I think it was a cartoonist who was killed on the court steps, and he's like, "You guys are out here worrying about, you know, making people hurting people's feelings, and we're getting killed out here." And like another person talking about to, the French, she cartoons? was also Jordanian, and she was talking about not the French cartoons. It was a cartoonist in Jordan. And he had done something, he or he'd made a Facebook post or something like that, and he was brought up on blasphemy. Yeah, laws that's very possible. Yeah, and on the st- and then like as he was going to the court to like for his case, he was killed on the court court steps. Um. So yeah, like he was talking about that, but it was so like, do you when you see some of the stuff coming out of the West, like you. Uh, like, I've spoken to Iranians who the, the people there supported Trump because he was strong on the regime, mm-hmm. and now they're kind of feeling fearful of the way yeah. Biden's dealing with because the regime he's, now. He's,
1: he's doing it, he's more easy you know, like,
0: on, on on their in the Iranian regime, at least, this is how it looks like. like. Yeah, so I mean, like, like, attitudes like things like that in the West, and I mean, I you know. Like I personally, I think there's got to be a medium between Trump and Biden. Like, I, I, you know, like, I don't think either was (laughs) perfect here, but like, um, but like when you see stuff like, like that in the middle East, like how does that, you know, like when your friends Mm -hmm. talk about stuff like that, like, is there's things you wish you'd see coming out of the West that would be helpful for like, you know. Like people like you out there, or like you know, or just like average people who just want to get on with their lives. I mean
1: I don't believe that they're like, let's say politics politics wise. I don't believe that there's any government who, that is willing to uh, support um, a an Arab country without getting some kind of benefit out of it especially especially in america for example yeah i mean uh because everywhere there is an intervention from from the u.s or any other country uh you eventually see that they, they got something out of it like intervening like like the the iraqi war the iraq war for example um They mainly did it because of the oil. That was like the main reason for doing so. And they're still benefiting from it. So I don't really uh, believe that, but we just like from like the average people, when they talk about it, they just hope for something good for them to come out of it, but they don't really, they know it's not, uh, it's not going to happen. You know, like sometimes something might, something good might happen to you on a personal level, but on the long term, uh, it might not be good.
0: Like I want to touch on, like I, you know, I mentioned you used to translate for Ideas Beyond Borders. I'd like to touch on that a little bit, if you don't mind. Like now, do, like how did you start with it? Um,
1: I know uh, Ahmed. Now he's uh, he's managing uh, al Hikma 2.0. Uh, and I got to know Faisal through, uh, through Facebook actually, and uh, uh, I started from there. Uh, I joined them, uh, started to translate articles. Uh, it was a very interesting uh, thing to do, uh, feeling that you're doing something with a purpose. It's just not 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 just like a, a normal job that you just want to finish and and get on with your life now you feel like you're doing something people that people in the future will be benefiting from um uh, this was the part that i liked about it the most actually
0: you were translating articles and i like yeah. i've been following ideas beyond borders i mean seeing some of the stuff they're doing and i know like they were doing a lot of stuff uh, during covid and things like that just but i mean again this is from an outsider's perspective here so but, like just thinking, seeing about the Middle East and stuff and it's, you know, uh, like conspiracy theories that because yeah. of the amount of censorship, there just seems to be a lot of conspiracy theories. I mean, like places like Iran, I mean, you mm-hmm. know, they always point to the Musaddah thing, which was yeah. a conspiracy and like, you know, you, you,
1: you, this happens a and lot it was here. done
0: and it was, it was there, but like, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, that happens. Either. Like, you know, that, that can happen. It can happen again. So what was it like trying to get information out? And it's, when there's that level of mistrust,
1: I mean, uh, when you're trying to translate something uh, into Arabic, sometimes you need maybe to look uh, to look up some words that uh, are synonyms in Arabic for this specific uh, topic. When you when you search for the same topic in in Arabic language, in, let's say you you you're using Google in Arabic and you search search for the topic, uh, especially if it's something science related, um, you won't find a lot of uh, websites or articles mentioning these things. While if you search in English, uh, you'll find much more. The problem with the uh, with the Arabic. Websites and internet. Well, most of most of them, th- what they're interested in is uh, mainly uh, religion and religious discussions, and uh, horoscopes and uh, conspiracy theories. You'll find a lot of those. Like, at least for me, in my opinion, those are the three main categories that can be found in Arabic websites. Uh,
0: Okay, can I, just, sorry, I just have to ask because it's just how do you get from religion to horoscopes because you would think like the horoscopes would fall <laughs> under witchcraft and that-
1: it's just it's just for me it just it just says that it says to me that people don't really talk about deep things I mean horoscopes is a very superficial subject to talk about and there's a lot of websites mentioning that talks about that i mean horoscopes and things like it not only horoscopes but anything that that might be similar to it okay uh things that are totally unuseful you know just just useless useless topics just
0: just talks no, sorry. Like I said, it just—it just struck me as funny. Like <laughs> yeah, you I mean, horoscopes.
1: <laughs> this is how it is. And conspiracy theories—you'll find a lot of them. I mean, for let me give you an example about conspiracy theories. You'll find, till today, Arabic websites mentioning the subject of uh, that, that the talking about the conspiracy theory of NASA and the moon landing. They're still talking about this till this very day. While in the in the West or in the U.S., for example, this was this was um, it was a thing like uh, many years ago, but
0: nobody talks about it anymore. I mean, it was almost. Oh, uh, actually, it's you've had like NBA stars. You've actually had some famous people talking about the fake moon landing and talking about flat Earth. And this was in the last, but few it's not years.
1: like before. I mean, it it.
0: If you compare it, it's still there. to
1: before. I mean, it's it's much much less. While mm. while here, it's uh, um, uh, it's much more common. And the other thing is, when you search for the topic for this topic in in English, you'll find a lot of sources that refute these claims. While in Arabic, you'll find more sources that that post this claim, and you'll find very few. Sources that might refute it. So people are more interested in and uh, in just resharing this conspiracy theory uh, instead of uh, looking it up and uh, investigating the
0: topic for themselves. Just like kind of sticking with this, because I know some of the books that I uh, mm-hmm. you know like IBB is translated and like I know like I said they were they did a lot on Wikipedia and stuff too, but like. You know, a couple of people I've spoken to, and these are again from parts of the Middle East, and they've mentioned how some of the Western ideologies, like post-colonialism especially, um, how that can be used when people are trying to bring up things like secularism or trying to bring up, you know, uh, enlightenment values or things like that. They'll, They'll just say, I don't know, you're trying to put Western values on us. Yeah, there is a is, resistance, yeah. Like like yeah, like I mean, is there a change do you see like between people who are younger Definitely, like yeah. are more younger people wanting to see like you know for lack of a better term like enlightenment values or like like how's yeah, that going I, there? In my
1: opinion, from what I see, there is a lot of change. I mean, let's talk about Iraq for example. If I compare the people of iraq and the way they they look at things now to the way they used to look at things before i mean it's much more different in a better way uh for example if we go back 10 years ago criticizing uh, a religious figure or a rel- religious leader for example it was a big no-no nobody would ever there to 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 speak about to speak of something like this in public, or over the internet, or or even between uh, in a normal conversation between uh, between a few people, while now it's much much more common, and uh, that's basically uh, came like this for two reasons. Uh, the first reason is people are just sick of the corruptions that they're seeing every day and that and that is the corruption that is just getting worse and worse day by day i mean uh, in iraq for example since 2003 till now um everything literally everything in the country it just gets worse and the ruling parties most of them they claim to be religious parties so uh people used to believe them in the beginning or try to give them chances, but now people are just sick of this. Uh, They're saying that there's no any positive results coming out of this. The second reason is what you mentioned. Um, Like in a country like Iraq, for example, we didn't have uh, internet, for example, or or, or even uh, mobile phones before 2003. These things started to uh, come to the country uh, after the war. So people started seeing things from different perspectives, started to travel, see other countries, meet, meet other people. I mean, uh, just surfing the internet is, 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 is an enough way by itself to, uh, to change your perspective about things. So, uh, yes, I can say there is a lot of change that is going on we, we're still we still have a long way ahead but people's opinions are changing
0: I've used as an example when I've spoken to people and so maybe you can give me a, you might have a different take on it but I looked at okay so this was a few years back in Pakistan um, they they said they made a clerical error because the the printout of the oath of office came out for politicians. And there was one line that says, Muhammad is the last prophet, and that was in there to keep Ahmadis out of politics, because Ahmadis believed that there was mm-hmm. another prophet that came afterwards. And so there was about 200,000 citizens that went protesting um, you know, down the streets of Islamabad, and then the military kind of supported the protesters over the government. <coughs> and at the same time, um, you had people rising up in Iran, you had young people protesting in Iraq, you had other things going on Mm -hmm. in other parts of the Middle East. And, you know, like I'd said this to people, like I, things like that. And, you know, some of the things that Faisal told me about IBB, like he said, when he put out the first call for translators, you know, there was like thousands of people right away that, you know, were willing to translate. They were all young. So like, I'm like, you know, I have more hope and optimism for the Middle East than I do for places like Pakistan, because Pakistan was, I mean, basically, you know, Saudi and then Iran for a little while were just funding Madrasas out there. And it was, you know, either like Salafi, Wahhabi Islam, or it was, you know, hardcore Shia Islam. And that's what was being funded. And now it's, that's all they've been getting. That's all they've been doing. And they're, I mean, like I said, the, the population freaked out over, you know, a, yeah. a clerical error, whereas the population in the Middle East seems like they want to get real, rid of those, um, like those rigid strictures. You know, like, like I said, I, I see, I have more optimism of, you know, civil secular societies coming up in the Middle East than I do in South Asia.
1: I mean um like 2019 uh there was protests in iraq uh followed by protests in iran Uh, it was they were inspired by each other uh and that was uh very very something very very new and very different uh because uh, it wasn't like anything that happened before. Uh, the people who who went out to the streets in those protests uh, literally rejected everything that was uh, being presented to them. They were calling for a, a secular pol- political system in the country, but unfortunately, they were they were uh, faced with uh, uh, brutal killings and. And uh, many, many died to, due to suffocation by uh, gas and, uh, or, or got kidnapped. But the point is, uh, they came out to claim something uh, that, that they felt it was taking, taking, taken away from them. And they saw that the only way to fix things is to get rid of the religious uh political system in, in in those countries because in, in Iraq uh it's it's highly influenced Iraq Iraq's political system for example is highly influenced by uh, the Iranian regime ma- mainly due to the majority of uh, of the Shia population in both countries and th- that doesn't apply only to uh, to those countries I mean I can see it uh, uh, in many Arab countries, in general, uh, people do want a change, and uh, there is a lot of uh, claims for secular, uh, for for uh, secular change in those in those countries recently.
0: I remember, you know, late mm-hmm. '80s, early '90s, and your, you know, your talk, you're seeing some of this stuff, and it's, there wasn't a lot coming out, um, and then more like uh after 9 11 so like when the you know when the u.s went back into the middle east um from like a an older population secularism had a bad name and i can understand why i mean like they didn't i don't think they even really had a term but you know because assad and Gaddafi and even hussein for a while were touted as secular leaders And so secularism had a really bad name. And I mean, like like I said, I understandably so, and I I can get it, but, you know, it's like because of the internet, do you think people are getting a a new understanding of what that means? Like, you know, like, are they saying that, you know, maybe (laughs) Gaddafi wasn't a secular leader?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, internet is a, is a, is a major, major source of uh, getting the right information. And this is what happened here. People uh, don't that don't buy that 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 the bullshit that that is uh, that they that they see or hear on the government media anymore. They simply they simply don't don't take it anymore. Um, also, not only internet, but in the recent years, it became easier to uh, publish books that were. Uh, they were not that were prohibited before I mean now in Iraq um, if you go to this to the to the bookstores uh, you see you will find uh, books talking about uh, secularism uh, atheism books criticizing religion uh, things that were uh, they were prohibited in in many many countries before uh now it's just it's just out there for anybody to to buy and read them, uh, so people are getting more educated, definitely.
0: On that topic, because because you'd mentioned um, Beit El Hikma two so like the mm-hmm. original House of Wisdom. Now, I've read some of the stuff um, of like you know, like the full the scholars from the Golden Age. So, like you had the side of like Al Ghazali. And then you had the other, on the other side, you had people like, uh, you know, um, Avicenna and Averroes and like people like that. Like, and those were like, from my understanding, like a lot of those, like people like Averroes and that were, you were banned from studying them in the Middle East as well. Like they didn't want you, like, you know, the only reason I knew about them was like, you know, cause they're out of the West, but like was that the case or is, are, are those being allowed back in or how's that working? I mean,
1: everything is basically allowed back in now. Uh, when I was talking about the, about okay. the prohibited, uh, books, they were forbidden to be published or printed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talking about books from the, from Western countries from by Western authors. Um, things like, for example, uh, uh, Richard Dawkins, let's say. Richard Dawkins' books, for example, Christopher Hitchens, things like that. Um, uh, You can easily find them anywhere right now. So uh, uh, also uh, translation helped to uh, make those uh, educational materials, if we can call them that, more available. Uh, I remember when there was a time, uh, when it was hard to even find an a good arabic translation for uh for these types of books on the internet uh but right now uh it become became much easier so a translation
0: made that happen so yeah that's good i mean like again like you you work that they did and you know like thank you very much for what you did like there because i i think that's you know they they keep like i keep hearing the thing you know fighting bad ideas with good ideas and as far as i can see that's exactly what ibb was doing um so what do you uh like what are your future plans now like are you still going to keep playing with the music and putting stuff (laughs) out i
1: mean uh recently Just a few days ago, we got, uh, I mean, our band got uh, sponsored by uh, IBB uh, to help us get, uh, improve our uh, music gear to keep making music. And I would like to thank them for that uh, support. Uh, um, Our plan as a band is to uh, keep doing what we're doing. We want to, yeah, so uh, my plan is, or our plan is definitely to keep making more music, Uh, keep trying to deliver uh, important uh, messages for things that we believe in through this music. It's our way to express ourselves. we are. Uh, we just finished. Uh, uh, we finished our first album and released it in, two, in December, uh, to 2020, and we have we have a plan to start working on the second album. Maybe uh, maybe the end of this year or next year. Um, we're trying. We're trying to tackle uh, issues. Uh, that we think are of importance. Uh, yeah.
0: That's our plan as a band. Okay. Oh, that's cool. I mean, keep do- oh, no, keep doing what you're doing. And there's, uh, you know, again, like, go you know, speaking to you and, you know, I said, you know, I don't want to say I've spoken to a lot of people, but the few people I've spoken to from the Middle East, you know, they're they're younger than I am, and they're. It seems like they've got a passion to try to get things, you know, getting better out there. So it gives me some hope. So, yeah, you know, keep doing what you're doing. And it's great. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. It was uh, it was great talking to you. Thanks to you. Thanks for having me. and thanks everyone for listening. I'll be back.